Yeah, and thank you for tuning in tonight via live stream. You know, I have to say this is one of the strangest things for me to be celebrating the sacred Triduum and tonight's Holy Thursday Mass. I mean, with empty pews, almost empty pews. We have these four lovely sisters here and the fifth one here. But I want you to know I may not be able to see you, but I want you to know that you are very present in my heart at this moment, just as you are very present in the, in the Lord's heart. So just be mindful of that. You know, there's people here who love you, who miss you, and wish you were, could join us here. You know, so there's no question that, that all of our priests and your pastors, they, they feel the absence of their faith community these days as well. You know, it's a difficult and challenging time for all of us. And so I want to also acknowledge that each of you also feel the pain, the loss, and the great sacrifice. But it's a place of union with Jesus. You know, tonight in a very special way, we celebrate the institution of the Holy Eucharist, but also the institu institution of the of Holy Orders, the priesthood. And so I would encourage you, invite you to pray for your priests, pray for your pastors, Give thanks to God for the ministry to which um, they have provided for you and the ways they have led you and are leading you on deeper into this life with Jesus. It's very important. But our, this great sacrifice is a place of union for us with Jesus. You know, closed churches, people dying across Michigan, the numbers went way up today. Again, we're over a thousand deaths now. Um, so we're praying for them as well. But far beyond Michigan, the stay of home orders, these things will be part of our Lent, part of our Holy Week, and Easter that will, forever, that will be forever remembered. So it's important that we are here tonight as we live out, in a very real way, our own Paschal mystery. This is a Paschal mystery for us as well, not just Jesus' Paschal mystery in which we're celebrating and we're living, but we're living our own Paschal mystery in union with him united with his. Now I want you to recall on Palm Sunday, a few days ago, Jesus entered the city of Jerusalem with this great celebration and jubilation all around him. And now over the course of these next three days, this jubilation will, will turn into Jesus's humiliation before the whole world. But as we know, it will end with the miracle of all miracles. We know that. And as I mentioned on Sunday, a celebration which seems so festive turns into this unbelievable revelation of the Father's love for the world. The kenosis, or the self-emptying of the Father, is clearly revealed in his son Jesus. It's the self-emptying of them both is what we experience. And so tonight we find ourselves in the upper room with Jesus and his closest disciples. Now I want us to imagine, I want you at home to imagine yourselves right there with them in the upper room. Imagine that. You with the disciples and Jesus in that upper room. Because on this night, as I mentioned, Jesus gives us three immeasurably valuable gifts. He gives us the Holy Eucharist, he gives us the priesthood, and he gives us 
this commandment of love. Each of these gifts, each of these gifts reveal the, the Lord's deep love for us and invites us to love in the same way. In this upper room, we find another example of Jesus's kenosis, his self-emptying love, as he washes the feet of his disciples. Now, this act of humility, this act of love, ex explicitly expresses the humility of Jesus. He lowered himself. In other words, lowered himself coming down from heaven, becoming a slave for us. You know, in St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, we hear Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not redeem equality with God, something to regress. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. So in reality, God, God would become like a slave in order to wait on us in order to wait on us. That's this deep expression of love. And I want you to imagine, imagine God desiring to wait on you. Imagine, allow yourself to imagine God desiring to wait on you. I know you probably can't imagine, but friends, that's what's happening and in some sense, if we live in faith, it's happening right now in the midst of this pandemic, that God in his own mysterious way is doing this. In spite of what we see and hear on the news, God is waiting on us in this very moment. Let's look at Jesus taking the form of a slave. What does this mean? Well, let me describe it for you. You know, in ancient Palestine, foot washing was a job that was reserved for slaves. It was one of the most unpleasant and one of the most humiliating tasks. So in taking off his robe, the words used in Greek would mean he laid down all of his clothes and stripped himself voluntarily. Then wearing only a loincloth, he put a towel around him for like a slave would do. And he washed their feet. Think about that. We all know that during this time period, people wore sandals or went barefoot. So as they, as they walked on the road shared by the herdsmen, driving their animals to market, and the traders moving their goods um, by ox and camel, the dirt on these unpaved byways, as you can imagine, would be, have been blended with, you know, but dung. So even on a short walk, one's feet and sandals would have experienced this caking on, this filthy, smelly mix. Imagine that. Imagine walking in a cattle lot barefoot. This is what Jesus washed off his apostles' feet. 
So he literally took on the work of a slave. So this upper room event would also be a foreshadowing of what would happen the next day. Jesus' humble service in giving his life as a ransom for many. In this beautiful event, again, it's important not to forget that this true dynamism of love expressed by Jesus is the movement and humility of God himself. God the Father humbling himself, coming down on earth in Jesus, Jesus showing you and me this profound love of the Father, a love that will be poured out upon all humanity for its salvation from the cross. So in this, he expresses the meaning of his life, his deepest identity. Now this gesture obviously threw the disciples off balance. I mean, how could Jesus, their master and teacher and Lord, like do such a thing? How could he lower himself to be to slave standards? How could he do it? Is he crazy? I mean, they must have been thinking that. Jesus kneels before each one of them, each one of them, including Judas, to wash their feet. He wants to show his disciples and you and me that power is released through powerlessness, through death of self, through giving one's own life away. He's teaching them. He wants them to learn that the greatest is the least and the least is the greatest in in his father's kingdom. He is teaching them that if they too are, are, are too caught up in, worldly, in the worldly mindset of power and there's any grand illusions of, of greatness, then they will be powerless in a spiritual sense. Jesus is teaching them about the priesthood and what the priesthood should really look like. He's instituting the priesthood in this way. He's teaching them how to be a priest of Jesus Christ. That is what is happening in this movement. How beautiful is that? Think about that. That's how beautiful that is. What a gift. And Jesus tells Peter that if he does not agree to have his feet washed, he will put himself outside of discipleship. Jesus is teaching them to be part of the kingdom. In order to be part of the kingdom, they need to allow their sins to be washed away so that his love could operate in them and work through them. Christ's love will not and cannot operate through us if we're sin, if we're filled with sin. Because all sin is a rejection of God's love. So again, Jesus is teaching them about the priesthood and that it should look like the humility of Jesus. But this demonstration of love would not end there. It goes on. Think about this. The humility of Jesus would again be displayed at the table where he took bread and gave thanks. He broke it and said, this is my body for you for you. 
Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also the cup after supper saying, this is, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you th- drink it in remembrance of me. Obviously, this is the institution of the Holy Eucharist. And in the Blessed Sacrament, in this Holy Eucharist, we see the profound humility of Jesus. Here, Jesus once again humbles himself to come among us in the form of the most ordinary food. And when we think about it, bread is such a simple fare, right? It's the food for, of the poor. Un, unlike a tenderloin of beef, bread is, all, is almost always eaten as a side, and is hardly noticed. But yet this is how Jesus wanted to humbly remain with us. He became small, for us. This perhaps is the greatest example of self-effacing love. He became small for us, for you and me, so that his power may be released to us. So here in this Eucharist, Jesus once again kneels before us in this Eucharist. Jesus once again kneels before us and he gives himself freely and completely, holding nothing back. My dear friends, such humility, such humility. You know, St. Teresa of Calcutta once said, she said this, you know, the God whom the universe cannot contain contains himself in the small host. Such humility. But it is only the pure of heart. In other words, those who are simple and humble, who are able to see clearly that this is the way that Jesus wished to remain with us until the end of the world. This is the way in which Jesus would continue to love his own in the world and love us to the end by providing sustenance which allows us to lay down our lives and go out and wash the feet of others. Therefore, the Mass can never be reduced to something we attend, a mere event for our own personal satisfaction and consolation. Jesus did not give us the Eucharist to make us feel good. He he has given us himself so that we can become whom we receive. That's what we celebrate here every time we gather. So as we live our own Paschal mystery tonight and these days, suffering through the demands of this pandemic, when the faithful are not able to receive the Eucharist sacramentally, we are also reminded that the beauty of Christ's love in this sacrament is his desire his desire to unite those unable um, to sacramentally receive his body, blood, soul, and divinity. But he loved his own in the world, and he loved them to the end. 
Christ Jesus loves us so much that he does not want us to be separated from him. And therefore, my friends, he has provided a way for us, for you to draw from the abundant sources of grace available through a desire for union with him by means of your spiritual communion. No, it's not the same as receiving sacramentally, but never underestimate what is happening here. Never underestimate what is being offered to you in this moment here, as you share with us through, through the, um, the live stream. And finally, if you and I, if we are, if we are to imitate Christ, we too must practice humility. The servant is not greater than his master. So perhaps I have a suggestion for all of you. Out of love and humility, now that families are having to spend much time together, perhaps you want to take the time to model Jesus by washing the feet of your family members. Just a suggestion. You know, we know that Peter came around in the end in his whole thought process. His response, you will never wash my feet, was transformed into Lord Jesus. Wash my feet daily in your love. This too should be our prayer daily. Lord Jesus, wash my, wash my feet daily in your love. And thanking the Lord Jesus who kneels, humbly kneels before us every day, giving us all that we need. This is what happens each time we come to share in the Eucharist. Remember, his presence is outside of space and time. So the Lord is kneeling before us now right now, in this moment, to wash our feet as you and I, as we live our own Paschal mystery and have to endure these challenges that we face today. So my dear friends, we continue to walk to Calvary, to be with Jesus in his humble service of giving his life as a ransom for many. We also ask the Holy Spirit to transform not only the bread and wine that will be on this altar into the body and blood of Jesus, but we ask the Holy Spirit to transform our hearts so that you and I, so that we may become even greater disciples of his love by washing the feet of others.